0: Every once in a while at 3.55 or 4.02, Charles would call me and go, you see, it went right to the level. That means he's still a kid. To me, I appreciate that Charles more than anything else has shown me a different way to see the world from my own professional training. So this is a very different way of looking at things. And that in and of itself requires someone to be intellectually curious and let, let us have our say and be heard beyond the money. This is David Gerwitz, Managing Director of the Charles Nenner Research Center, and you're listening to Top Traders Unplugged. Welcome back to Top Traders Unplugged, where the best traders in the world come to share their experiences, their successes, and their failures. Let's rejoin the conversation with your host,
1: veteran hedge fund manager Niels Kostrup Larsen.
0: people in that very difficult process having lived through a, a pretty good run
1: sure uh, of course i'm not going to let you off that lightly but before we go there i, I want to understand something um and then i think we've covered all the basics we talked about cycles uh, how and why and so on and so forth but the other thing i just want to uh, find out a little bit more about is your price targeting because on on one sense uh for me at least cycles means that you must believe that you know Price is uh, sorry. Time is more important than price, and so on and so forth. And and cycles you can by observing them and overlaying them and all of that. I can I can see that. I can understand that. Price, on the other hand, is to me much more difficult to predict. I mean, how do you know if it's going up? And when I look at your, when I look at the charts that I receive from you, I see um I see the cycle and I see the price of the market and. But what I don't see visually, and maybe it's because I don't see it correctly, I, I, I don't know. But what I don't see necessarily, just because you are showing a big move in the cycle, that that necessarily corresponds with a big move in the price, vice versa. Sometimes the cycle is showing it's going up, not not dramatically, but then you have a m- dramatic move in in, in the price, how, how, how do you sort of predict the, the, the price and, and how do the price and the cycle, when you show it on your, on your, on your um, material, how, how do they work together, if at all?
0: That's a great question. Really, what we show usually is just cycles because it's very difficult to show how we calculate the price. Right. Because it's too complicated. It basically utilizes quantum physics. Okay. And I'll try and explain how much I can explain.
1: Please, please, <laughs> okay. please do. Please
0: do. I'm going to <laughs> think we do have some proprietary stuff here, right? Sure. It is based on reduced propulsion in a move. And it takes into account other things that happen in the physical world. So therefore, when we call, give examples, yes, please. When we called, but actually, all ex, also
1: examples that may explain that because there were a lot of fancy words that I didn't understand much. Yeah, of, you know, so
0: I'll, yeah, uh, I still I went to a high school called the Bronx High School of Science, so sure. I, I feel more comfortable. And <laughs> let me let me let me read you the research. So I'll give you each category how we uh, well crude sure. when it went to ninety seven. We said get out. It's t- first targets sixty something, and next targets f- high forties. It's exactly what happened. Now, how do we get there? Now, keep in mind, the program has fifty thousand plus lines of code, so right. we, it's smarter than us. We don't fully understand ourselves when you explain it, but it, it it there's there you draw lines, you know. There's all sorts. of There's it's complicated to do price. Mm. For a while, two years ago, the the VIX, which has become a very popular thing. Mm. It wasn't several years ago. Our cycles were okay, but the target was incredible. So we focused on the target. So that's part of our job to know when which of the which is better, the the chicken or the fish.
1: Right. You have to know
0: which thing in the kitchen is going. That's the art of this. It's scientific with an artistic piece to it. Mm. So it's very hard. And then when you combine them, which is really what we say, we want to go long something only on a close above that level. I'll say it as an example. Mm-hmm. The TSX, we said on Wednesday, Canada, it's yep. a close above 14720 to give a buy signal supported by daily cycles up, projecting a high by mid July, right? Mm-hmm. And bonds, we've been saying we're waiting for the low on July 7th and then closes above 152.08 for the 30, 126.14 for the 10, 119.35 for the TLT and needed to cancel the sell signal. So we just gave you two bits of information, a date where we're looking for the low with no price in mind, and yet levels that if it closes above there, you don't. If you're short, you don't want to stay short because that's a level piece separate from a timing piece, mm. separate from a cycle piece. So it's combining them is hard. I mean, I have to tell you, I don't do this work. It's, 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 sure, it's, sure. It's, uh, we have, you know, Charles and one or two other people that do this who are really brilliant people. And they don't do this in two minutes because they're sitting and looking at all sorts of stuff. The euro reached a short-term high, and then we wrote a close below 111, gives a sell signal from longs, but not to go short. Goldman said about two months ago, they said the euro was going to par, and we vehemently disagreed. And we were right. Will it go to par at some point? Could. But we're just focusing on the shorter term, because most of the trading clients, theory's great, but they want to know what to put on, and we don't tell them what to put on. We just tell them this information, and then they decide how to do it.
1: There's something you mentioned here that I just want to... I, I want to go back to some other uh, historic examples before we move into sort of uh, what you're expecting here and now. But <clears throat> but you're mentioning a couple of things you, you, uh, in, in, in the research that I see. And, and uh, so one is sort of, as you just said, it could be a trigger. So, you know, don't get long until we've seen bonds move above this level. But you also talk about uh, markets being on a buy signal, markets being on a sell signal um, what does that mean? How do you? Um, that almost sounds like if people were managing money according to your advice, they would just follow the buy and the sell signals. But I don't know whether that's the case or not.
0: They do. They do. By the way, a lot of people use our levels and this buy and sell signal. It doesn't a sell signal, according to us, and this it's it, it's a term of art in the industry. We didn't make that up. A sell signal means. Let's say we just said closes above 152.08 in the 30 year. Don't be short. That's kind of what we're saying. It's going to, things overall are going to push it up. Yeah. That's what a, a, a canceling a sell signal. Yes. things go either buy or sell, buy or sell, the signal is a word meaning a lot of things are lining up here, pushing up or pushing down. It doesn't mean go short. Mm. If we say this is a major top and then we give a target, everybody's different. The big funds are not going to go short for a 2% move. And we have a lot of those clients. We have guys that trade all day, every day. They're in and out all day. We're not a day trading advisory service. That's very hard to do because you need daily data. You need hourly data. We have it, but it would be a lot of work. So the answer to your question is a lot of things have sideways. You Mm -hmm. know, Vol has been not such a great thing to trade, lately for a lot of different categories. The currencies obviously move the most. Um, Again, Europeans, and look, that Sunday, we send out a Sunday report around 6 PM New York time because that's when the markets open overseas. And money will go from dollars to stocks to currencies to crude in an hour. You know, they'll just metastasize into that's how fast the money changes things. A couple of years ago, the whole board was running off crude. Mm. And very often, you'll see a currency trade that's basically in lieu of a crude trade. And that's the mindset of traders. I'm t- The traders who are listening know this better than me. I have enough trading clients that taught me this. and That's not our focus. Our focus is what we see based on the pattern recognition and level interaction that we're trying to combine and then they're better than we are at combining them given their own risk tolerance and their own focus but you're right that we we write much more than we can show in a picture yeah, it's too complicated you, you know this is done from six screens worth of work it's very hard to show it sure. we actually show more than most people we actually show the charts on sunday we're showing what we see yeah, yeah. So if someone will write in and go, this looks ugly. You go, yeah, it looks ugly. looks ugly to us, too.
1: <laughs>
0: so, does it mean go short? No. Because that's been a big thing, obviously, the last seven years. Anyone that tried to go short got beat up in sure. stocks. Sure. In, uh, well, crude, how many people went short at 97? They didn't believe it would come down. How many people went short gold? Yeah. You know? So, I, I find I, I, I'm going to answer your question another way because so many people are playing. And there's so much institutional, systematic trading that um, I find people overtrade, if you really want my... I I don't know how many people check their own trading record to see what their batting average is. Institutional, I don't know yourself, when you were doing... I find most people don't even bat 50% on their trades. Now, if they keep the losses short and they keep the gains a little longer, they could do fine. But it's very hard, I find... Overtrading, for what I hear. Uh, no, I think I think
1: that's true, and I mean I think I mean I come from the world of, of trend following, and 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 funnily enough, cycles are either those who create the trends or the trends create the cycles. Doesn't really matter, and clearly there are two schools of thoughts in 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 my industry, and and um, there are the the newer breed of 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 of, of uh, managers who. Uh, you know, focus on the shorter term time frame, but all the evidence I've seen, including the firm I work for, where there is a 42-year track record, and it's 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 pretty amazing. So for me, at least, the 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 longer term trend following seems to be at least what I've seen very robust in dealing with different times of uh, market behavior and different market environment, and in a sense, it kind of confirms what you do because trend followers wouldn't be able to make money if there weren't cycles.
0: Right. We said two weeks ago on a fifth category. So we mentioned stocks. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: We'll come back to them, but we we mentioned bonds. We've talked about commodities. We've talked about crude. I'm going to tell a gas story in a second. We've talked currencies. I mean, there's plenty more to talk about. There's a fifth oh category. Which we do, which originally I didn't understand, neither did Charles, how it could work. It's called economic indicators. Mm-hmm. They also follow cycles. And again, anyone writing in can contact you and I'll send them what we sent last week on five economic indicators. Ready? Wholesale mm-hmm. prices, sure. GDP, monthly unemployment. Monthly CPI, Consumer Price Index, and monthly ISM. That's a purchaser's gauge. And then we also covered dry docks, which was a stock that indicates you know, uh, shipping activity. Yeah. Let me start with that, because we think about that also. Cycles on the dry docks, DRYS continued down. GDP doesn't look good. Inflation looks weak. We don't think the economy's going to pick up. Yeah. So that's that. And then the first five we mentioned, Quarterly wholesale prices topped, project lower prices into 2019.
1: Maybe Janet Yellen is reading your stuff since she's not willing to increase rates right now. No, no, no.
0: (laughs) I, I mean, that's a whole discussion we'll have offline. Number two, GDP cycles look toppy. Right. Number three, monthly unemployment cycles are near their projected cycle low. Unemployment, meaning they're going to go up. Unemployment's going to go up. Right. Or monthly CPI cycles are near top project a lower CPI for the next five years. We don't see inflation yet. Right. Obviously. Sure. And monthly ISM cycles are high by March of 2016. Mm. So that's our economic indicators. And we actually have clients that, that's what they, they don't see that anywhere else because I also look at the numbers are coming out on this and Charles used to tell me at Goldman, he would predict what the numbers were before they came out, but they didn't want him to send that stuff out. They wanted to like do the moves after it came out and yet you could predict that stuff also because it's a set of numbers. It's not random. Like you said at the beginning of the show, which is itself very hard to get your grasp around that, that the free choice factor that people have is not what we think.
1: So, so, so let me just ask, so, so I'm clear on this at least. When a market is not behaving as the cycle you show indicates, is that because you of X number of cycles that you run on that market have chosen maybe to focus on on, 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 on the wrong subset of cycles? Is that correct understood?
0: That, that's one possibility. Okay. The other possibility is the data is bad.
1: But how can the data have- be bad?
0: Oh yeah. Talk to anybody. Your data could be bad. You know, the data comes in, we have people to check it. Sometimes the data's bad. Okay. That's that's number two. Number three, as you mentioned, before cycles sometimes invert. Mm-hmm. You don't always know when. Number four, no system's perfect.
1: Right. I agree. I and
0: mean, that's I wanna stress that we're after all these years, we're usually right. That's pretty good. True. Sure. But it can't always be because otherwise – now, having said that, it's extremely robust because the theory allows it to go forward. And having worked now 15 years with Charles, who's now done this 30-something, it's right most of the time. <laughs> I, is I Is it right all the time? No. No system's right all nope. the time. I agree. A, and that's – but so you're asking when we make a mistake. I'll tell you another thing. Sometimes you miss a cycle. You don't find something in the looking of it, or you eliminated the wrong one that would have changed things. And then you look at it again a month later and go, oh, I missed that one. You look at monthly, because sometimes the monthlies don't show clearly, whereas the weeklies do. Mm. So it's still human interpretation. We're not just a black box. Right. I wish it were. You could press F3 and F10 (laughs) to get everything, (laughs) you know? That would be nice. F3 and F10, you got the whole system. It doesn't work like that. Then when you're combining it with Target, it's not simple. And then you're overlaying wedges, as you've seen, and candlesticks and all these other things. The goal is to get that all lined up. And yes, some people have claimed, and I'm not so sure they're wrong, that with all this government stimulation of the last six years in certain markets, it's so knocked a lot of um, technical people for a loop. Right. That it really, you know, now we think, according to our system, it doesn't work that way. Our system is if cycles bottomed and markets going ha- sure. to go up, sure. which we called, something was going to come along to make it happen. If it's QE, it's QE. We didn't know that. Sure. But we just saw, like I said, in 2008, I'll never forget it, on Bloomberg, it's on the site. People could say uh, it, it, markets are going to bottom in 2009. Yeah, So they did. Apple was 200. Before the split, and that was a cold bottom. And at seven oh two, look, BlackBerry, the system called a top at eighty four. And regret not going short then. But our system isn't really go short alone. We give you targets, we give you this, and everybody has a different risk profile, so they deal with it separately. They have family office clients that we have, they have. all. Some are all all over the place. Some are all out with managers. Some part with managers and do some on their own. And they take X dollars, just follow us. They also hedge. Because one strategy, assuming we're right, that stocks are down over the next several years and then way up in the 20s, let's say somebody's got a big gain position now. He bought, let's say, he had $3 million, now worth 20, in America, long-term gain, right? Not short-term gain. And let's say he says, you know, I want to hold it for 15 years. Which, by the way, there's an argument. Don't do that because tax rates when you sell it could be seventy five percent.
1: That's another <laughs> risk.
0: That's not yeah. thought
1: of. Do you do cycles on tax rates? No,
0: you really should. Yeah, I never thought about it till just now. We should do cycles on tax rates. But that's you know too much work. You know, sure. I don't want to get again. But if you take a look at that, then maybe what he would do is put on a hedge for five years. So he's down on his positions, up with the hedge, and then take the hedge off again, assuming we're right, and then go for the run again, and he wouldn't have paid any tax. And tax is a major thing for people, as you know.
1: You know, speaking of taxes, um, I saw saw recently uh, a very nice little uh, image of, um, I think it was the comedian Bill Murray, who wanted to explain, you know, how do we explain kids about tax? And his answer was, you just eat 40% of their ice cream. (laughs)
0: <laughs> can I tell you something? The Hebrew word for tax and the Hebrew word for death sound alike. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's an expression: nothing in life but death and taxes.
1: That's 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 right. Don't that's right. Like. <laughs> speaking of that, speaking of sort of these major events uh, before, we, and I know uh, the listeners are dying to get into some of these uh, things, which we're sort of slowly moving towards. Um, so I'm not trying to stall it, but I do just want to uh, cover two more things before we go there. Now, a lot of these predictors, if I put you in the category of people who are predicting things in terms of you know markets going up or down, but not what causes it, um, a lot of people will come out and say, oh, but we predicted 9-11, and maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but I know also that 9-11 is something that, in a sense, uh, Charles has talked about, but, but, but what he, uh, what I've seen him explain is that it's not so much that he predicted 9/11 he just predicted something was going to happen and and actually he forbid his wife i think it was to to uh, to go on the subway i think for a period of time so but when you see these big events in the world what are some of the indicators or indications of a big event that 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 you try and 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 look at what, what what do you have any examples of that it might lead to a terrorist attack I understand but it's not really what you're looking for you just there's something else that triggers that uh, for you as my understanding
0: well first of all let's talk about nine eleven you know the the markets were down before the first plane hit I don't know if you know that sure they were down a lot so something was something was going on I, that's all i want to talk about 911 you know we don't get to, cycles are up cycles are down and generally regardless of what causes it assuming it's correct if something's going to cause it to be down it could be something bad and so do you want to avoid being in a place that could be more hit during a time of down cycles.
1: But okay my okay and but the other thing I want to ask which is much less dramatic. For example, uh, you mentioned a couple of companies Lehman Brothers and and um, I guess Bear Stearns is another one, but I mean there were certain companies during the crisis that went out of business. I mean, how can a cycle indicate that you're actually the companies falling I mean, apart? It, I mean, that that to me is a little bit more difficult to understand.
0: Predicted. This I lived through this. We used to have calls Sunday night years ago with a bunch of hedge funds and no names. No, no. Lehman was thirty-five, and the system showed, I don't forget the system showed It was going to go to five.
1: Okay, so it was a time. It was a, okay. So it was a price target essentially. It's not saying it's going to go out of business. It's just oh, yeah. a very very low price. Five and okay, that's
0: okay. You know, we didn't know, but I I want to answer your question. I know you're. I think what you're really asking. I think. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the, I, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Sure, sure. I'm not going to get so exact going forward because it's we have clients, you know what I'm saying? And they always like it, they pay. <laughs> so Absolutely. I give you the rough of what we've done to get here. So that's give you an idea. Roughly, like I've indicated, we think rates are going to go up and therefore bonds are going to go down for, for a long time. Just the question of when. And stocks, as I said, we called in 2008 to get out and went along 2009 or said it's going to bottom then, and have not always caught the entire run going up, but caught a lot of it, if not most of it. And the other things, such as the currencies and the commodities, have been extremely accurate. We think going forward, stocks are going to be much more challenged till the end of the decade. And bonds will be challenged for far longer. And then the 20s look really good for stocks. That's the big picture. Sure. Okay. Crude, we definitely called 147 down to 49. We called 97 down. I'll send the article and show it. And now we think it's going to go longer term back up to its around 100 and more so. Mm. Why? Don't know. Nat gas, I want to tell a story.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
0: That's something relevant to the whole picture. And we'll talk about grains, which we think longer term will be up. And then we'll talk currencies. And those are kind of the main things. We don't want to talk about real estate because that's not something we cover that much because it's more of an illiquid thing. And it's harder to have enough data on moves in real estate for us. Sure. Nat gas and fracking and the whole world. And right now, I know in the next year and a half, there's going to be tremendous conclusion of construction of depots all through America that's going to have trucks and everything refill stations all in neck so the demand and supply world is really going to change in about a year for neck gas and years ago neck gas was nothing and then it went up to 15 bucks and then it came down suddenly to 6 and everyone thought it was going to go back up again and we have a lot of clients in Canada and some banks and the banks asked us they actually shockingly said, what do you think NatGas gas is gonna do? We think it's gonna go down to two. And they didn't listen to us. So they made loans to Western Canadian nat gas producers when NatGas gas was six bucks. Net gas had been fifteen prior, had mm. come down. It'd been twelve prior, to come down. I, I remember this and we said to them, I think you're making a mistake. If you're if you're betting collateral value on just the fact you think it's gonna go back to twelve now, that's not what we see. So they made these loans. And these are substantial loans, and then the net gas price went $550, five fifty, five four fifty, and a lot of people. I mean, the listeners here may be different, but you know, there's such a thing as an underwater mortgage in America. I don't know in Europe, different game with mortgages and personal guarantee. But in America, you could have a house worth half a million, a mortgage worth seven hundred thousand. You're underwater. Yeah, that yeah. also works with corporate loans. You know, they make a loan to a company, a chocolate company, and. Price of cocoa goes down. All of a sudden, their loan's underwater based on the value. It happened with Nat Gas. Mm-hmm. So the banks went to the Nat Gas producers and said, We got a problem here. We made your loan at six bucks. It's now four. I want to start getting repaid. So what did the Nat Gas producers do? They started selling. They had to pay back the loan $350, $3, dollars What did the press say? Bank forced. Net gas producer selling leads to price reduction. Mm. What did we say? Cycles had topped. Something was going to come along to cause it to come down. So that explains how we see the world.
1: Mm.
0: We don't look at it as why something or when. So QE came along in a cycle bottom. I I didn't invent QE. I I didn't know it was going to come. Did QE drive up the stock market? Probably. (laughs) That's a pretty fair statement. (laughs) All that money, did the money generate economic boom around the world? I don't think so. Are there some very positives going on? Yeah, there's some positives all over. Look at medical, look at uh, tech, look at at internet, look at, I mean, there's a lot of positives. And that, that energy down the road will probably be very strong. That's maybe an argument why the stock market will go up so much in the 20s. But that's not something we specialize in or have confidence that we can predict the A implies B. But the recurring pattern or patterns, I should say, because that's really what we do differently. It's recurring patterns that we try and combine along with the price seem to indicate it ain't going to be so easy the next several years in stocks or bonds. That's kind of the big picture, whereas crude and that gas, while they have both come down, we think they're going to go back up again. We think food prices. You know, not tomorrow, but they will go back up again. There's going to be water shortages. There's going to be war, which we haven't spoken about.
1: We'll come to that.
0: We'll we'll come to that because wars, in essence, for the last 20 centuries, has been a major war in the second decade of every century.
1: Yeah, uh, we'll definitely come to that.
0: Come to that a little bit. I don't know if you're listening to an hour and a half. They're probably bored out of their minds. But if they want to talk about that, we
1: can talk about that. No, I just want, before we go to the, to those kind of, uh, just a couple of uh, sort of uh, on, the, uh, on the market side, I just want to ask your your, your view on uh, the things that you mentioned uh, for bonds and stock and so on and so forth. Uh, often uh, there is one market that uh, people look at when, when they talk about sort of uh, as an economic indicator, and that's actually copper um what what do you think about copper and is that kind of confirming some of the other things that you see
0: copper hold on a second i'm going to tell you a story from several years ago sure um a sovereign wealth fund copper we covered in may so i'm going to look at it okay they look look toppy again right that's what we said in may several years ago a sovereign wealth fund from another part of the globe yeah Asked us. Well, they suggested they were thinking of going on copper. And what do you think two, three years from now? Because that's the questions they ask. Yeah. They don't care next week. Their ship is hard to turn around. And we didn't like copper, and we told them. And I don't know what happened, but the guy's still working there, so he didn't get fired for buying it. I guess <laughs> right. But I don't know in the culture there. If you if you're running 150 billion dollars, you make a mistake. You know what do they do to you? I don't know. I don't know culturally. <laughs> But so, copper, we said in May, copper cycles looked hoppy again. I'm not projecting now, next five years, copper again. That's not what I want to do on this show.
1: Sure.
0: We, we can give you an opinion. We may be right, maybe wrong. We were right a few years ago. Hopefully, we'd be right again. But that's what we said in May. Actually, let me look at the chart while I'm talking to you. And anybody wants to write in, I'll send this all to them so they could see it.
1: So while you do that, um, I'm going to bring up a little uh, topic I want to just uh, also before we go to the war cycle, I want to talk to you a little bit more in detail about sort of the uh, the battle between inflation and deflation and then the word hyperinflation I want to bring into the, to the conversation and just to uh, see how you stand on these terms, um, if at all. Um, because obviously that is, uh, something that people have been, uh, you know, quite surprised about that all of the stimulus hasn't really been, uh, being, you know, uh, picking up and, and showing up in, in, in inflation numbers. So, so obviously I'm sure the cycles are at work here. So I just want to, to get your opinion on that.
0: Charles has been calling for deflation for quite a while. So he's been right. Sure. We don't talk about inflation and deflation much, okay. even though you know people think about it. We're, we want cycle tops and bottoms and levels and what people could do with the money. You know, saying gold goes up or down in inflation and deflation. The reality is, over the last eight hundred years, gold has gone up when there was deflation mostly. Yeah. So you can't say there's a correlation there.
1: No, nope. and and I and I appreciate that they're separate cycles. You know, whatever they, these cycles do, are not necessarily what what other market cycles are. So I just wanted sort of your opinion about how long this deflationary period might last, uh, in your opinion.
0: Well, that's something again. Um, I it could be quite a few more years, especially if we think like I just mentioned the research sure. two weeks ago. All those indicators in CP are, are down. Okay. So it's not. Inflationary at all down the road, we think it will be sure. hyper. I don't know what that means, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. in terms of all this. Because sure. again, we don't we don't use words like bull market, bear market, you know, where's the top and bottom. Yeah, by the way, I'm looking at the copper chart, okay. which I'm willing to send to anybody. Sure, 2011, copper was 9,400, and now you're talking 6,300, right? Mm-hmm. Sure. Down fifty percent in uh, in four years, right? Three and a half years. Sure. So it looks like a bottom is later in the year. Okay. Now listen, we're not giving levels or anything, sure. it's like a bottom.
1: Let's talk to some. Let's talk about the war cycle. We've mentioned it. I know it's something that you have an opinion about. So why don't you describe? And I know you even touched upon it, uh, the hundred-year war cycle. But why don't you talk a little bit about that? Because clearly we live in a world today. Uh, at least for for most of us who didn't live uh, under the the last world war, but uh, so we don't have any experience in that. But but uh, maybe you should share some of your findings.
0: Okay, let me uh, find what I just sent to um, you, and I send it to myself, so I can go through the last twenty centuries. How's right. that? That would be nice, right? I've yeah yeah.
1: Ten whether minutes. whether you want to go yeah you can go back to to the Romans in in two hundred and eight. That's fine. Um, yeah,
0: actually, I'm going to.
1: <laughs> that's
0: good. I lost a brother in World War Two, so I have a bit of a. I, I mean, I was born afterwards, but sure. a brother I never knew was killed in World War two. So it's a little bit uh, personal. Let me get to the war cycles here.
1: and while you do that, I will just say to 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 the listeners that we will, and it's on purpose, but I will tell you exactly how to get some of this information and and there is actually also a bonus at the end of all of this. So just to uh, stay with us, and uh, you know we will we'll get to all of that, how you can essentially get a peek inside uh, the work that, uh, that Charles and David is doing. So uh, did you find your...
0: Got it. Ready? Here yeah. we go. And I'll, no one has Good. to take notes. I'll no, say. no, just,
1: just, 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 yeah, give us an overview. There we
0: go. So he wrote this January this year. Most of us, like three years ago, he was on Neil Cavuto's show and mentioned War Cycles 2011. What's going on? As most of our subscribers know, I was born and raised in Holland. I never understood why I learned so many languages, so much about European history. Today I understand. I've been talking for several years about the 100 year war cycle that usually occurs in the second decade of a new century. We went back to our history book and we found the following. Let's go backwards. Now I don't have to explain what's going on. People see what they see. 100 years ago, World War I, 1812 was the follow-up of the 1802 Napoleon War. 1713, Spanish War, about the Spanish successor and the Jacobi Rebellion. 1618, the beginning of the Thirty-Year War. 1517, I don't know if it was a war, but Martin Luther started his Reformation, 1415, <clears throat> Battle of, I don't know if I'm saying it right, Agincourt, part of the Hundred Years' War. The Brits beat France in 1509, Polish-Moldavian War. That's all 1415. 1320 was the Byzantine Civil War. 1202 to 1214, Anglo-French War. Boy, those guys have been fighting for a long time. 1109, Battle of Glego, Poland. Mm -hmm. 1013, the Vikings attacked England. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about the Beatles. I was just in London six weeks ago for business, and... uh, I'll tell you the whole story about the Beatles and Liverpool relating to war. 907, Russian-Byzantine War. 814, Charlemagne United West Europe for the first time since the fall of Rome. 711, Muslims under Tariq invade Iberian Peninsula. 618, China collapse, Sioux Dynasty. 526, Iberian Wars, Justinian Dynasty starts. 410, the Goths attack Rome. 320 civil wars of Tetrarchy and the Roman Empire and 208 to 210 Roman Severan invasion of Caledonia.
1: So there's it, a cycle there.
0: Something like it. You mm-hmm. know, people could rip it apart and say, well, it, Martin Luther wasn't. Yeah, but this is what that it's, was someone leaving a message each time, check 100 years from now? That's <laughs> the whole point about cycles that they repeat because maybe there's something subconscious that's going to happen and it's unavoidable, and it's not something we live in an age we think we have free choice, and so we don't want to accept it. But here are facts. So it sounds like this could be war. Is that a reason why crude will go up and the market will go down? Could be. You know, we haven't talked about infectious disease. We okay. have cycles on that. I'm okay. not. I really don't want to talk about it. But there are cycles. Um, there was a time not that long ago the flu killed fifty to seventy million people in Europe. We look at that stuff. You know, there are certain clients that pay us to, to do that stuff. It's uh, you know, I don't think they invest with it, they just wanna know. So, you know, you mentioned before some people are gloom and doom. I wouldn't call us gloom and doom. I would call us realistic. And if things look like they're bottoming, they're gonna go up, we'll say that as well. Sure. And, you know, we think the market in the twenties is gonna be very strong. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the strategy now is don't blow it the next five years. Yeah, which is itself a whole strategy Absolutely. for longer-term families and things like that. How to do that because you have to push for the next. We never understand why. If you give a target and it comes close, why do you stay in? You mm. you close, get out. You know that's our thinking. But a lot of people don't think that way. They they're naturally it's there's a whole mindset to trading, which we're not experts in. Well, we know quite a bit, but. Because we're not in the trading business, we just tell you what we see and we want to step back. I don't even want the clients, well, often they do, but they don't want to tell us what they have. It's fine. We just tell them what we see. Very often, they'll tell us, we're thinking that. That's a lot better. A lot of times, they're in the middle of something and I wish they wouldn't have done it. A bunch of people did some very big VIX trades because they thought something was going to fall apart, went short early. A lot of times, we ask them, just tell us in advance. So we'll at least tell you what we see before you do it.
1: But can I, can I ask you about that, David? Because it, it's, it's, um, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, you have this tool, methodology, whatever we call it. Clearly, it's been proven to work over a very long period of time. Yet you have to go out and convince people to subscribe to your services, whether it be a newsletter or a much more personal advisory service. If you instead, 15 years ago, were had started a fund, invested according to your own advice, you would have made a lot of money. I don't know. Investors, well, no, no, this is where I'm getting to. This is where I'm getting to. So so there's sort of t- two schools of thoughts here. One is that that having positions doing the trades might influence in some way the predictions or alternative people would say, well, you know, if it's that good, start a fund and show us a track record how do you reconcile these kind of um, I'm sure you meet these kind of kind of comments along the way
0: all the time okay we're not traders traders are traders you know what I'm saying Charles does research right you know I do marketing and research and client base I'm not a trader I don't make any pretension to be I have no desire to be but I'm good at explaining all this and editing and making sure people are aware of the thinking involved so they could plan. Mm. They could do. Trading's a whole head. There are people very good at it. Many of the I've listened to a lot of the people you interviewed and they sound really bright. You know? <laughs> so I would, you know, i give them money. I mean, but at the end of the day, it's all track record. There are some funds that just follow us that have done great. Sure. Very few. Because you have to have a very, you know, very skilled ability to understand this and most don't your deeper question is what is it about people that they don't get this and the answer i've been asking that question for 15 years mm. and the answer i think is especially nowadays with the overflow of information you know i know myself i'm 60 i'm pretty good at information flow i mean I, but it's it's coming in you know i was an athlete i was a baseball player basketball i watch i i can handle stuff but it's coming in more than ever the amount of stuff i have to read the amount of stuff Thank God, our business has grown to this people how do you think straight so how how do you value even if something's honest and correct how do people give it the value we don't you know again we have quite a few clients in all those categories i mentioned the family offices sovereign wealth i mean there's not that many sovereign wealth funds so we don't have but uh hedge funds there's there's so many of them we can't get to all of them and we have small percentages of anything but it's still a large you know it's still a big business but will most people get this i think like charles said on my bloomberg presentation there's no way most people are gonna run their life assuming this is the way the world works even though it is the way we think it.
1: But, but you know what david did it, it's 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 funny you bring it up in that way um because in a sense in the world that i come from and many of my guests come from main, namely the systematic trading world um the 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 point is that even if we gave our rules to someone there is probably no guarantee or very little guarantee that they would get the same results and the reason being that part of the secret of being successful in trading and and even in 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 the rule based uh, area is the discipline to do the trades and so so what, what and i guess in in some sense you know you might give great advice away um but of course there is no there's no telling how people what they will use it for which trades will they take which trades they wouldn't take uh, you know it's just it's impossible to so no, so in one thing, so in some sense, you could say, well, actually, it would be much easier just to have a, a fund, and we do all the trades, or we do, you know, these trades. But, but I understand your point, and, and, and it's not really what I want to go. I want to go to the last section of my uh, of my. You know
0: notes. Yels, let me let me answer that. I'm going to read to you again. I'm not going to tell who it is. So, what someone did with our stuff in April. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So there was something called the British Pound. Cycles had topped, okay? The person bought pound when it closed. Then it gave a sell signal. It took profit, 153. It was a Fed day and month end. So, so the, the trade was profitable immediately. And for the whole, whole two weeks, they had a 3%, 3% trade. I'm just saying they did that, right? Not a core thing. Then um, they bought the Aussie right? FXA calls. The research had said it's something, and it gave a buy signal. So the whole thing was the Aussie, the euro. So it was long the euro, long the Aussie, the other way on the pound, long crude, all in April, long that gas, short S&P, vol, long TLT, and it was a loss on the TLT, Mm. right? Short dollar yen, okay? And the yen trade didn't work. Right, so you're not going to do all that. so that's an example sure. of someone who has a tremendous record following us, but he's you you I think what you're saying is correct. not everybody can cook as well as everybody else, sure. not everybody sure. can play piano, not everybody can trade with all you have a guy forty years upgrade. How many guys can do that? yeah, how many people are Warren Buffett? how many people so you're right, you're right that our information I think it's proven that is mathematically right most of the time does it mean everybody can trade it no they right. can't and it's
1: which i guess is why we're going to get to the bonus where people uh, can have a you know a tryout i want to jump to the last section which i call general and fun and um, it's a little bit away from all the things we've talked about today, um, but it's staying on the topic of of uh, for people to get to know you a little bit better. And I'm I'm just curious after all these years of doing it, and and clearly I'm sure that there's a, a lot of great moments in doing it. But you're also a busy man, and there are lots of people who uh, will dismiss you know uh, cycle work. Like there are lots of people who dismiss systematic trading. Um, so, what keeps you motivated uh, David well, why do you do what do you do this?
0: Well, we make a lot of money <laughs> that's number one. number two, it's like a painting that never ends. Give me an example. what's going to be with the euro It's a good question, sure It was one fifty one it went to one twenty two one eighteen not that long ago, four years ago, right? before the first Greek crisis, like I mentioned before. it didn't crash. A year and a half ago, everybody wanted to short the euro. Remember? He sure. said, no, don't. So we've been right. What's going to be now? Now, there's people who are betting. It's still Las Vegas. At the end of the day, this is all betting. Everyone's gambling on all this stuff. And uh, we like to give educated gambles, basically. So that's the euro story. S&P, the bonds, the bonds, the, the VIX. The... So in one sense, it's a painting that never ends.
1: So it's your own curiosity about what happens next, you think, to some well, extent?
0: I'll tell you one of the nicest things. Every once in a while at 3.55 or 4.02, Charles would call me and go, you see, he went right to the level. <laughs> that means he's still a kid. Right. And as an athlete trained by this gentleman, Red Auerbach, he used to pick people that loved to play. They just played well and they wound up winning championships because they played so well together. So there's got to be a certain play aspect to this, no matter what age. I mean, think of all the older people, you know, that are like kids Mm -hmm. and younger people like old people. You know, thank God I got four kids. They're all different. They're all and and grandchildren. So I think the real deeper answer to your question is, you know, you don't do it if you're not making money. You like having happy clients. Not everybody's happy. Not everybody stays. That's that's not right. It's not for everybody. Most do. Most, you know, again, I've got friends in all the continents and all over the place. And um, I think that's also nice that you're dealing, in our case, with people with money of all different types. So they tend to be more respectful of what we're doing because, you know, like they know I tell them just because you have money doesn't mean you're smart. (laughs) <laughs> you mm. have money. Sure. And now they happen to be a lot of them, and so we have a good time. They respect the intellectual aspect of this. There's a deep intellect to this. They see it. Look, you you Niels, we know each other a couple of years now. Sure. We know there's a lot of thought to this. Sure. And we've talked about it not just now, but in the past. And um, so I you know, okay, I have three degrees, I guess more than most three postgraduate degrees. And I, you know, come from a long line of rabbis and I study and I'm a musician and athlete. And I find this, yeah, I find it absolutely fascinating in the scheme of everything. There's a lot of sports to this because, you know, you're watching the back and forth. And then I have the media to have to deal with. And I say that in a literal sense because I'm not, I mean, I meet people that way. I met you that way, in effect. So I can't knock it. But is it as good as this? No. Is the media going to give me two hours to, to tell jokes and talk about this? No way. <laughs> but in the meantime, I, that's, I think, several reasons why we keep doing it. It's uh, it, I never find it boring. Look, the market's been up a long time. Sure. So it's been up seven years. Sure. No, really? Yeah. So it's been, uh, in that sense, a lot of people missed it. Yeah. A lot of people missed it, you know, and that happens everywhere. And that, but here, when you talk about war cycles, it's not pleasant because it yeah. could be right. You know, could, you talk about negativity the next several years, not pleasant and could be right. You talk about water shortages. We haven't talked about water stocks. And I mean, there's drugs, you know, uh, infectious disease. You know, these are not such pleasant things to talk about. But nonetheless, it's an honest appraisal of what's happening in the world. And to me, I appreciate that Charles more than anything else has shown me a different way to see the world from my own professional training. And again, as a musician, you know, I'm a pianist playing by ear. I don't read music. I'm sensitive to hearing and what people can and can't hear. And most people, regardless, can't hear. They don't hear what you're saying. They're listening and thinking what they want to say. So this is a very different way of looking at things. And that in and of itself requires someone to be intellectually curious and let let us have our say and be heard beyond the money. Sure, sure, sure. Anyway, hopefully that answers your question. No, that makes
1: sense. In your sort of uh, career, is there any, if you were going to recommend a book to someone that has either made a... A big impact on you in your business, uh, or, or or just sort of on a, on a personal level, where you think that that helped you or it gave you inspiration or something like that. Um, what what would you recommend people should um, should read?
0: It's a very good question. You know, I've read hundreds of books, so and I study <laughs> hundreds sure. of books, so. I mean the Bible helps. I mean I mean I read it all the time and the Talmud. I mean it's pretty deep stuff. But in terms of let's say business or first. Sure. Pers- yeah, it could be
1: one of both or it could be whatever you whatever you feel like.
0: Yeah. See business, I mean I I uh, I've read a lot of the trader books. See what these the trading guys have done. I'm looking at my bookshelf. Oh, I've I just books on cycles. Right. I mean I'm looking at my bookcase now. And I actually opened the stuff, which I, I don't want to admit, but I actually read it. There are several interesting things I would recommend. Probably, you know, I read a lot of math books. You okay. know, so people are not going to read that. No, I don't as think as as as
1: that's going to, well program, no, to going to fly well on this program, to be honest.
0: <laughs> a lot of math books Because I'm thinking math all the time with this. Everything influences me, actually. I read about uh, history. Sure because I think the cycles reflect that. There's a book called Chaos okay. by James Glake, G-L-E-I-C-K. Okay. And uh, he, wrote a, he authored Genius and Isaac Newton. And this is it's pretty fascinating,
1: mm-hmm.
0: talking about chaos with all these different – that chaos is not chaos, sure. based on this gentleman, Mandelbrot, who found order in chaos. Okay. That's kind of my mind, but I'm a Bronx science, you know, I don't think most people are going to read it. It's pretty fine. fascinating because it's all about patterns.
1: Sure, but it, this is about getting to know you, and if this is the book that you uh, get inspired about, then that's good enough uh, That's good enough for us. Yeah, now,
0: it, yeah that, I don't know how many people will read it, but it's, sure? it's pretty, you know, <laughs> it opens your mind, that's for sure.
1: You never know. Now, I know you have four children, David, you mentioned that earlier. So if you could only pass on one of your own skills to your children? Why or which, which, what, which would that be and, and, and why?
0: The ability to listen. I'm not, I'm not talking about listen, meaning don't cross the street. I'm like, listen, zone in to other people. Yeah. If they need something, very often they don't know how to express it. So it's not just what they say, it's what they don't say and try and see somebody's need before they ask you. You know, I do a lot. I mean, if you're asking, I I play concerts around the world for for kids. I play for Special Olympics. I play for homeless kids in Canada, raise a lot of money. So uh, God's been very good to me. And um, I try and help. You know, I'll tell you one thing. My father, this will maybe answer your question. My father was born in Poland. And when the Nazis marched east, he wound up fighting in the partisans and then the Russian army and his father had been a wealthy man and 1930 something had bought a car to feed poor people there were no roads and my father was mechanical and took the car apart <laughs> no parts no yeah. oil parts stores then and so when he joined the russian army they had just gotten trucks and they asked does anybody know how to drive who knew how to drive a truck 1942 and nobody grew up like we did like we all... so my father knew. A- he had some say had taken a car apart, so he, he said, I I think I can learn and overnight he learned and he drove a truck. It saved his life because mm. he was in the back of the lines.
1: Sure.
0: And he became a truck mechanic. So I grew up with a truck mechanic. I, I was taking cars apart with my father. Sure. So so and how did he become a truck mechanic? Because his father bought a car to feed poor people. Mm. So I'm only alive because of the kindness of my grandfather.
1: Sure.
0: That he Wanted to feed poor people and bought a car and wound up unplanned saving his mechanical son's life and his less mechanical <laughs> grandson's life. Sure, sure, I'm not bad at the old car. I can't do anything with the new cars, but I don't think anybody else can. They're all computers anyway. Exactly, exactly. So, but that's so that's a big mindset here. We we're constantly trying to help people in whatever sure. way. Everyone in the company here is. That's sure. you know, and hopefully that explains. So being this now world renowned musician, people can go to my site, davidgerwitz.com. I I do a lot all over the place and I generally don't do it for money because there is no money to be made in music anyway. So you might as well do it and just help people.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Now, I, 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 I know you talked a lot about sort of different things you've done and and maybe we've extended all of those uh, options, uh, but I'm going to ask the question anyway, because I do that with all of my guests and that is, is there a fun fact about yourself that you can share that even people who know you may not know about you
0: hmm. a fun fact
1: yeah i mean again often people say you know i've got this talent i've got that talent but we've already covered a lot of that and i don't know whether there are any more talents left in you <laughs> uh, i'm I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure but but <laughs> is there something that people even people who know you don't know about you that you've sort of i don't know
0: I'll tell you one of the things, uh, I'll tell you, I'll answer with a joke. Okay. Okay. <laughs> one of my rabbis said, uh, he, he he speaks to certain prisoners, and, and he goes to the jail, and the jail said, uh, he, he said, if I can give you one thing, what would you do, If you, just to list all your things you wanted, and then you say, give me more paper. <laughs> <laughs> so, if one thing, there's probably 30 things I can right. answer. Right. That people don't know having the time to do them being mm. that i work early in the morning to late at night given the world is different sure. time zones sure. it's not so simple i exercise a lot you know i tried out with a pro baseball team i mentioned and played semi-pro basketball in spain in, in in the in 76 before they knew how to play this i'll tell you 1976 in spain they played basketball they played soccer they didn't right. Play basketball, so if you threw a ball and they dropped it, they kicked it back at you.
1: Sure,
0: <laughs> they didn't know how to play basketball. So I was not such a great player here, but over there, I was really good. That was a great arbitrage, <laughs> sure,
1: absolutely.
0: I, you know, so uh, but I think very important to work out. Um, I'm writing music a lot, I think that's really important because people can get so caught up with stuff. I think tuning out a lot. You know, and that's part of the reason I I hike a lot and I try and think because thinking is a lost art. Part of what Charles has done, I think, has brought to the world a different way of seeing motion in things besides markets. And it requires thought. I mean, he tried to get the Dutch government not to sell gold at like 500 bucks. Right. They didn't listen, you know, governments don't listen. Yeah, They don't think they tend to, you know, with pensions and stuff. So I guess your question is, what are the fun facts? I I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not so funny, but we try and do a lot of thinking and we're so busy. Look, today's the, the market's closed. You don't tell like sure. I can talk to you. Sure. And we're crazy busy because yeah. we've got clients in so many countries and they want to, See what we say, that and we work. Sure. I mean, I'm a fan. I'm, I we, I grew up. I was a bellhop. I was a waiter, and I I believe in hard work, and that's the one thing to teach the kids nowadays. Very hard to teach them how to work because they're so distracted with these devices.
1: Yeah. No, that's very true. As as we're coming to an end, you know what I try to do on the podcast is just to 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 uh, to add value to to the discussion, and I want to make sure that I've asked also the right questions uh, to you. So is there anything in our conversation today that you feel that I've missed, I should have brought up some, I just want to make sure that I've done justice to to you and Charles and and, and the work you do?
0: Well, we've spent two hours, it seems like a lot less. I have to, (laughs) Einstein, they asked him once, tell us relativity. He said, if a man sits on a radiator for a minute, it feels like an hour and if a man sits with a woman for an hour that he enjoys feels like a minute that's the theory of relativity yeah okay so uh i've enjoyed this immensely you know we we know each other for years already um i think you covered everything i think the best thing is for people to write in and just watch the stuff and chat with me tell me their story and see if we could help and not for everybody you know but that i think would be the best thing and uh, i'd be happy to share the researched so they could look at it we send this out three times a week monday wednesday friday as i mentioned stocks bonds commodities currencies and uh, sunday charts and um you know the stuff you see in the media these five minute interviews these 10 interviews i would discount them yeah because they're not that's not our business just to say this is going to happen in three years or four years you know, you're looking and think it might, but but as things get closer, you could change your mind. Of course, of you know course. this is a uh, it's a shorter term business. We have a lot of people doing short term trading, medium term trading. We do a lot of custom work. A lot. I mean, we're not. We cover what we cover. We have a lot of people that say, "Could you look at this? Could you look at that?" I have this stock for five years. This that's we do a lot of hedge fund work. Sure. They ask us because sure. they don't tell sure. us what they're doing. Yeah, family offices, different animal. Because, like I say, they either all their money's out with managers or none or everything in between. And um, we consult to them and give a view how to approach the managers they deal with. And so we're busy. So I enjoy, I have to one thing I enjoy what I do. It's been 15 years already. And uh, like I said, the, the picture, the painting of each category, either up or down is that's our job to let them know where it's going so there's a bit of uh major responsibility we feel Sure. don't think just put this out this is uh, there's a lot of money listening to us there's some multi-billion dollar pools that that think about what we say so we just don't treat this nonchalantly
1: sure no no uh absolutely and so as we are closing our conversation today i wanted to Bring back what I mentioned earlier—that um, uh, you very kindly to our listeners has offered a, a free trial to to uh, to everyone who's listening to this—and um, um, I'm going to now tell you exactly what to do in order to get there. So, first, you need to go to the charlesnena.com website, and there is going to be links on the show notes page on my site to to get there. And um, in the uh, in the corner, you'll see a button called Free Trial. And once you click on that, there's going to be a form opening up. And here's the important bit it's very important that you put in where it says, Where did you hear about us? You put in either Top Trader or you can put in TTU for Top Trader Unplugged. Do that, and then David will respond, and you will be on a free trial for a few weeks. And uh, that gives you probably the best chance of finding out if this is for you. And uh, of course, on the charlesdinner.com website is where you can learn other things about the work that uh, Charles and David is doing. So thank you for this fun, insightful uh, conversation. I really appreciate the transparency and the willingness to, to share your experience and, and the cycle analysis and, and having this sort of sneak peek into to what's behind. I think that's been really uh, interesting and I hope the listeners uh, appreciate that. Uh, as well and um, I hope we can connect at a later date and, and see how things are shaping up we can surely do a, a shorter version maybe focusing on more of, of what's going on uh, now that we've covered a lot of the background today so, uh, so I hope uh, to be able to do that later at some stage. So thanks so much David It's it's been fun and I wish you and, and Charles and your team all the best.
0: Yes I know it's very hot in Switzerland. <laughs> it and- is. I look forward. Let's do it while we're skiing in Switzerland. Okay, <laughs> that you guys can deal with a lot better than heat.
1: I'm up. I'm up for that. That's for sure. You know, I remember
0: once I hiked down the Eiger Mountain. I took the train up and I hiked down, and I think for two weeks my legs hurt <laughs> because I was walking down. So uh, I I look forward to going back to Switzerland.
1: Sure. Sounds good. David, take care. Enjoy the rest of this uh, prolonged uh, weekend for you guys in the U.S. and uh, I look forward to catching up at a later stage.
0: Likewise. Real pleasure. Take care.
1: Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for listening to Top Traders Unplugged. If you feel you learned something of value from today's episode, the best way to stay updated is to go on over to iTunes and subscribe to the show so that you'll be sure to get all the new episodes as they're released.